podcast. Hi, everyone. I am Laura, um, and I am the owner of ODAA Virtual Assistant Agency, where we help small businesses, um, women in business, um, grow and scale their business confidently. We build strategy and add solutions to ensure your focus um, is on what you need and thrive in your business. So allowing businesses to release the need to be everything in their business and learning to delegate work and focus on your superpower in your business. Awesome. And I'm Angelique uh, with Lady Powerhouse Solutions. We're a heart-centered project and event management uh, solution for women entrepreneurs on fire, lighten the world up with their passion and drive to achieve their missions in the most authentic way possible. And together we are Fempreneur True Confessions podcast. And our mission is to empower women in business and life to live authentically and support each other instead of competing with each other. To model this authenticity through our business and personal relationships and to empower other women to do the same. Yeah, to normalize the struggles and share the lessons we've learned and that other women have learned with the common goal, lifting each other up, lifting other women up, not tearing them down and normalizing what it looks like when women succeed at supporting each other. So uh, building up their confidence, Uh, as they use their gifts and passions to fulfill their life's calling, to build, maintain, and grow this sisterhood that believes in an abundance mindset, or as our guest calls, a miracle mindset, sharing our struggles and helping each other rise to our highest potential. So Laura, introduce our guest today. I'm so excited. I am excited. So we have Gisela here today. And Gisela is number one, is a number one international best-selling author of the book, Leaders with a Heart. She resides in Knoxville, Tennessee with her wonderful husband, Jean, or Jean, one of those, sorry, because I wasn't, couldn't remember, <laughs> of 30 years, a testament to enduring resilience. And Drusilla is an international champion for diversity, intent on building trust between business and minority communities worldwide. She was raised in Rwanda, Africa, and won a scholarship to the National University of Life and Environmental Sciences of Ukraine in Kiev. Um, Okay, in Kiev, sorry about that. Returning, she became the director of agriculture and eventually a member of parliament and government contributing to significant environmental changes, including a reform finally allowing women to inherit land. Her safety in jeopardy, Drusella later fled Rwanda alone bravely beginning a new life, new in Knoxville, Tennessee. There, the unstoppable leader has received acclaim as the executive director of Bridge Refugee Services, Sorry, recognizes one of Knoxville's difference makers, and now a business coach and international speaker. She was a member of Diversity Champions at the Knoxville Chamber of Commerce, and has reunited with her family that she can and continues to thrive in, as a firm believer in the miracle mindset. Let's I welcome love that. Welcome. 
Thank you. Say your last name for us because we're we're both afraid to say it. Mogore Wera. Mogore Wera. Awesome. Yeah. And is it Jean? Jean or Jean in French? Jean. Okay. And so is French the native language in Rwanda? Uh, French is an official language, also English now. So okay. we were colonized by Belgium. So this is how we happen to speak French. Nice. Mm. Well, welcome. And it's just so impressive what you've been through, your whole story. I encourage everyone, all the listeners, check her out um, and take advantage of her. Her offer today is a free ebook. Um, and take advantage of getting that from her and hearing her very personal and awesome story. I think we'll probably touch on it a little bit today. There's no way we can cover the whole thing while we're here. But um, so one of the things that we did want to talk about, though, was um, what experience or what um, epiphany <laughs> uh, brought you to understanding who you are and what differenti differentiates you from other entrepreneurs and because you've been on quite a personal journey but um as a female entrepreneur um what was it that brought this understanding for you about who you are as an entrepreneur so what brought um my understanding was my refugee journey i know every one of us and the listeners you have a good journey and i have a journey as refugees so after being separated from my kids for two years and mm -hmm. starting from scratch. Uh, my first job was $6.55 an hour, even if I was a member of parliament and the government. So when I came to Knoxville, my first livelihood was like in survival mode. I just wanted to be safe. And mm -hmm. then I realized that uh, it, this is a country of great opportunity. So I served in different capacity. And as you say, as a director, executive director for the agents that welcomed me. And then lately in June, I said, I have been sharing my story and many people said, oh, we are moved. So it did impact many people. And then I said, how can I scale globally? Not just locally, but I can scale yes. globally. And this is how mm -hmm. I decided to become a speaker because also for this organization, when I was speaking and people were, we attracted a lot of donations uh, and, and by sharing refugee stories and mine. And I said, I will just scale up. But as you know, it was hard to say, oh, I can become a speaker and a coach. How yeah. can I do it by myself? And then when I decided and I took a decision and I had clarity on what I want, then I said I have to hire coaches that will help me to uh, under go uh, towards my dreams. So how did you get to that clarity? I, mean, I think that's sometimes the hardest thing for us as women. So I did sit down and I said, I don't have any retirement. I lost everything I invested in for more than 40 years. How can I make an impact in my community through my gifts and what I'm good at? So I became to realize that I'm a good at as a speaker and then as somebody who inspires others. And yes. then this is where I said, I can just stay in my lane and then work professionally on that. Yeah. So we had another guest that talked about staying in our lane and what that meant. And um, 
and clarifying that because a lot of times when we hear that verbiage and she came from a, this came from a military background for her, but when people hear stay in your lane, well, what I hear is stay inside the lines, don't color outside the lines. And well, then my first reaction is to do just that. But staying in our lane is about really about focusing on what our gifts and our calling are, right? Yes, yes. And everybody yeah. has something like if now you wake up uh, in the middle of night, you can say, what am I good at? What can you go and do without being paid for? Or you can be just excellent in that. So this is how I came up with uh, what I am good at and I can speak for free. I can make an impact and then I can be paid to speak and coach. Awesome. Absolutely. And I like how you said you really invited other people into the, the concept, the idea of being a refugee ourselves, even though I was born in the United States. Um, I went through a similar process when um, I am a domestic abuse survivor. And as part of that, I lost everything. I lost my home. I lost my belongings. I lost my children for a short period of time, similar to you. It was about two years and um, maybe a little longer than that. It felt like forever. Um, but then once you once you're separated and then you're reunited, it gives you very much it keeps you present, right? It keeps you in the moment and just this, um, this gratitude for what you have. And, um, so I, I can, I can relate to you in that respect. And I think there are plenty of other women that can relate that way too, where we've just, we've burned it all down and started from ashes again. And, mm. um, so thank yeah. you for it being inclusive and, uh, and allowing us to be included in that. So um, thank you also awesome. for your resilience because you went through and many of us have that resilience. So we have to awaken it and try just to be overcomer and then um, do the things we want to do. Right. Yeah. Um, we yeah. don't think of it in that terms of even locally to ourselves. So we didn't have to flee from another country or something like that. There's still the same type of feeling of fleeing and, and starting over and mm -hmm. and having that fear and all the stuff that goes with that so and being in survival mode like she talked mm -hmm. like she mentioned you know um i've been there as well and it mm -hmm. took me probably a good six months just mm -hmm. to get out of survival mode and realize mm -hmm. i was safe and um and all of the you know the processing that you have to go through when you're shifting from that survival mindset to you yeah know. it takes time to heal and the, mm -hmm. the process process what we went through the leasing because fear is like a big handicap but we are stronger than that and it's, mm -hmm. fear is our companion we have to see how we can live and overcome what fear wants to bring on our path yeah mm. and that that mindset of what is this teaching me? What can I learn from this? Yes. And so you mentioned um, hiring a coach. And so how do you know, uh, or how did you figure out how to hire a coach versus a mentor and um, your process for that? And how, and who did you end up hiring and how did it go? So I am, networking is my superpower. 
So when you come in a new country, you don't have nobody. One of the things I learned to cope with my situation was to build new relationships and networking. And then I started to um, uh, go into network marketing, BNI. But uh, when COVID hit, I started to look into uh, Facebook groups. And then uh, some friends were like for me, women group especially. Uh, my friend uh, who is in Australia, we did meet on a network and then uh, she introduced me to different groups and then I joined and then I was seeing people presenting and offering, making offers and what they provide. And this is where I met uh, my coach, um, Oli Amor, who taught me how the business of speaking how you get connected to um, uh, the event planners, how you write a bio, how you do a speaker's sheets and what you have to uh, be mindful when you are in an event. But the second coach for coaching, I just Googled them online and then I saw message 2 million. I wanted to message 2 million. And then I was curious about uh, Ted McGrath. And then I, I, I started to check on them and then I connected and I said, hey, can we have a call? And we started to have calls. And then afterwards, I signed up for the programs, for the coaching and then for the speaking. So it was awesome. through networking and searching online. And I know that networking is huge for growing your business, especially yes. just when you're first starting out. Mm -hmm. um, we're in a uh, similar program and they call it power, you know, getting a power partner partnering with someone that's in a line of business adjacent to yours so that you guys can connect and they can refer people to you and you can refer people to them and, and just mm -hmm. help each other grow your businesses. So that's yeah. awesome. It's the same it's with nice. my branding. Yeah. It's nice to hear like yeah. that, that, that you did it. It worked for you. How yeah. long did it take you? So to find one, I think probably I decided in two months because I wanted to, to, to see around. Actually, when I chose her, I had three candidates and then I was comparing advantages, what I can get from her and uh, also seeing her experience uh, to see what she can offer to me. But for the branding uh, coach, also I met her when uh, the mentor, I met her when I was on a conference, online virtual conference. And then when she spoke about the branding, I said, I wish I could have known you before then. And then uh, I just connected and I said, I want to talk to you uh, because um, uh, branding is uh, very crucial when you are in any business. Um, and then we started to connect. We had a clarity call and then I signed up for the program. And then from Ju July, I enrolled and then we are together. And this is where I get my fame name, the diversity trust builder, because people, when you present yourself, they should know who you are, who you serve and who are the purpose of what you do. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Absolutely. I love so that, and that do, connection. Yeah. Do you do speaking in person or virtual or both? And, or which one do you more do you more of? Both, but now mostly uh, online, virtually. But I think with the COVID slowdown, I think there will be more open up uh, uh, in person. And uh, I, I'm hoping that uh, because the social connection is missing. Sometimes yeah. you want to hug, you want to 
to just be in person to talk to individual. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're doing, a, we're planning a live event uh, in March. Um, so um, uh, it's going to be a local event, but the plan, the hope is that it can also be virtual. virtual. So mm -hmm. can do both aspects of it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So mm -hmm. you talked about branding. So um, tell us a little bit more about your process. Uh, and, you know, again, like what were the struggles and in, in figuring out what your brand was or is, and then, and all the things that went, you know, that go with that. So thank you for that good question. So the reason why I had a, a brand building coach or mentor, it's because when I was presenting myself, I was just flipping here and there. What I said today was not what I would say in the data conference. And I was kind of frustrated to say, how do I uh, be consistent with my message? because the messaging is very crucial. And then uh, when we started to talk together, she told me, she asked me what I want. And then uh, we started to work on the vision, mission, and then uh, my values as well. And then now when I present myself as the diversity trust builder, so you can say Drosella deals with diversity, Drosella deals with uh, trust building. So uh, this is how I had clarity on how I can connect to the clients, but also to the audience. So, and this is what I say, uh, if I had to restart from scratch, yeah. I would hire the brand builder uh, mentor first and then go mm. the other way around. Yeah. So yeah. this is what I discovered personally that- Interesting. It, yeah. Mm. So hire a brand, a branding coach or mentor first yeah and then do the business coaching yeah yeah gotcha mm -hmm. it's interesting because you get told different things along the way um and for some people they're like well we did this or we did this and it's always interesting to see their perspective because you'll hear a lot of coaches say like don't worry about your branding but if you're a networker, your branding does matter because you are your branding. Like what you present forward is going in the long run, going to affect your business as a whole. So even if you met people in the beginning of your business, they're going to, some are going to follow you throughout your growth. And that does make a difference. Um, so definitely, you know, the different directions, different stuff are always told, you know, we always kind of get, you know, in that alignment of, okay, what, what is it? Who are we aligned to and that kind of thing? So, yeah, it's, uh, you see, if I would go back, it's like when I built my website, for example, I never heard about landing page. And now people say, if you are a business owner, the landing page mother matters than the website, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and now I have to revamp my, uh, website by adding some other information so people can connect with me and know what benefits they can get from doing business with me so right. uh, this is that was also a challenge because i was saying you have to have a website you have to have a website and then i built it and then when it was there i said there's something missing but there is always a way to incorporate uh, that in what is existing yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's 
it's interesting because one of the things that I have found is that your website really is a, a continual work in process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's always something that you can be. I, I mean, I'm working on my. I say I am working. I hire people to work on my website, but I am consistently on a monthly basis doing something to update my website or improve it or add to it. Um, and, and sometimes it's more than one thing a month. Sometimes it's, you know, several and, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, updating images or updating links or updating the lead magnet or the pop-ups or, mm -hmm. you know, the, the different things. And so I, I think it's really interesting because I, I agree with you. I, Honestly, in the beginning, I wish I'd had someone that taught me a little bit more um, about branding because, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, especially my website URL and things like that. We got some basic, you know, basic business sense about that, but branding specifically, so important. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the just the the idea that that there there is a. Um, everybody's business is different. Our needs are different. So while branding may be something that's super important, I think for the majority of businesses out there, there, there may be an instance where um, it makes more sense to hire a business coach first before you do the branding. And that, that mm -hmm. it's an individual thing, yeah. right? It isn't across the board for hundred percent of the people, but I think for the majority of businesses that I've worked with and that I've <laughs> started myself, um, I, I tended to start with the branding. What is my image? What is my brand? What do I want it to look and feel like? Um, mm -hmm. How do I want people to, to feel when they yeah. see the logo or hear the name? Yeah. How do you I project it? Yep. Yeah. I'm sorry? How you show up. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. How you show up. Um, I know for me, I do you know, business consulting, business, man, online business management, and, and some of the businesses are brick and mortar as well. But when COVID hit, so many people had to go from brick and mortar to strictly online spaces. Mm. And um, so often you hear, and, and, you know, that's one piece of advice that I give is when someone's trying to sell you something, are they selling you something they're selling? <laughs> Or are they selling you an idea, an overall idea that is to your benefit and not just mm -hmm. to their bottom line benefit? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I say that because I find myself often saying, you know, before you hire a VA, you really need to hire a project manager because the project manager is the one that will be able to tell the people what to do. But until you have the bandwidth to hire that team of people, the most important person you can hire is a project manager. Now, okay, that's what I do. Disclaimer, I get mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But I also have VAs in different areas. I have um, email marketing VAs. I have social media marketing VAs. I have mm -hmm. executive virtual assistants, but I'm still gonna tell them they need a project manager um, because without my project manager, my the rest of my team doesn't know what they're supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And in your business, unless you're <clears throat> where, you know, we do. Um, <clears throat> sorry, everyone. 
Um, we are definitely, we are a community of non-compete. And so, you know, you'll see where we overlap with stuff and we, we, we empower each other and we cheer each other along in what we do um, because there are different perspectives of what we see. And sometimes, you know, um, like I'll see something one way and I can go to Angelique and be like, okay, tell me what I'm missing or vice versa, you know, where it's like, and even in our own business, I've had discussions with other people where in my business, making that decision was so hard, yet I do it for others. Like this is, I do this for businesses, but how come this was so hard in my own? And sometimes it's, it's just that, it's that in our own business, we see things one way where somebody else on that broader, will see things in more of a broader bird's eye view that we can't get to. Um, so, you know, even among our group that we're with, we help each other along the way as well. Um, though that we we can overlap in things that we do to help our own clients. Um, in our own business, again, it can be a lot harder. So it definitely, with what you're saying, makes a whole lot of sense with that branding and how you show up and who you are um, mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense because I think when we're so close to it, it it's hard. Yeah. And some people have a hard time patting themselves on the back so they don't want to mm -hmm. talk about how wonderful they are in business and that, you know. That's why I, I copyright, I do writing, but I had to hire, I didn't have to. I chose to hire a copywriter because they could see me better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're removed. They're, you know, yeah. they could, and it was a lot easier for them to brag about me than it was for me to brag about myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think my about page was the hardest thing to write. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We need, we definitely need to practice more because we're our own worst critics. We need to be our own best cheer cheerleaders. We really do. Yes. Yeah, now, actually, well, I know I met you through Mary and you wrote, um, you were in that collaboration with the book and you, you've done the writing and stuff. Yeah. Um, did you struggle with that? So I did, uh, English is my fifth language and I'm grateful for the languages I speak. And one of the things I want to tell you when I talk about diversity, uh, people do not realize sometimes that uh, language access is a big issue. Uh, and and the, I, I, I am championing to learn many languages as children can learn in school. So I, when I speak in universities and high school, I include that version of people learning as many languages as they want. So I, what I did, I did write it. And then I had a proofreader, Mary, her name is Mary too. So mm -hmm. she did proofread it, but also Mary Gooden and her team had to finalize and yeah. uh, um, read it. But uh, it's good that through that networking, mm -hmm. <laughs> I met other friends and then she said, do not worry, I can proofread your book. And I, I'm working on my second one and she will proofread it also yeah, before awesome. I roll. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was on Mary's podcast and that's how yeah. I met Mary mm. and through another, through a women's group through, and then the podcast. And then that's how I met you, right? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. really just, it, it's interesting how we all start to connect. Yes. And um, Mary does several, like she loves her collaborative books where she brings bunches of people together to yeah. write a book. Um, and all of them to tell their parts of the story. So you're all involved in the story. 
Um, and it's real amazing. Um, but it, it's interesting how we start to connect more yeah. and more and more. And then how small this world so actually like gets when we're able mm -hmm. to do that, you know, um, yeah. and, and being that. What women's groups did you join when you got, you, you were talking about you were part of some women's groups that you found? So I am part of uh, the Knoxville Association of Women Executive, but also uh, like there is a, a group called Event Raptor when speakers meet uh, mm -hmm. twice, a, twice a month. And this is where I met uh, Wendy Connor from Australia. And then she connected me to the podcast host, uh, <laughs> Payman Lorenzo, who finally, when I did interview with him, he said, now I want to publish the books from the stories of uh, people who tell their story. And can you be part of the first series, the volume one? So you see, I have somebody here, Australia, Canada, and, and then the collaboration that come out from the um, authors. So we, we read all the chapters and now we have a chat. So when there is a program, we can see the family. So now we created a new family uh, from other 11 authors like me. Oh, wow. That's great. See, mm -hmm. I love that. That support that comes up and comes in, you know, all of us, every, the, the, the main thing that we get over and over and over is I, I, I couldn't have done it without my group. I found my tribe and I found the people around me that really helped. And that's always a common theme, I think, especially among women. Um, is that we we do um, embrace that and we go and find our tribe. We're not here alone and we don't need to be alone. Um, and I love hearing that week after week, like, where's your tribe? Where'd you, you know, what did you find? And where did you get the support and those kinds of things? Because we, we all tend to like now know each other. There's a lot of, I see even people in our group in a lot of other places as well. And that's so yeah. exciting. Because I mean, what you find is that the places where you get the support you need, mm -hmm. the, the people that are in those places came from another place where they either did or didn't get the support they needed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we talk to each other, right? Mm -hmm. And we yeah. support each other. And mm. by being in a group that didn't, that, that wasn't your tribe or didn't so, provide the support that you were craving, mm. you now know a little bit better what it is you do need. And we, so we have to go to the, go through that, right? It's a process. We yeah. don't just go somewhere and, oh, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, if we get lucky, if we get super blessed, yes. But mm. you, you can't just go to one group and expect them to be your, it be all and end all. Um, a lot of trial and error is figuring what we don't want, right? Yeah. We learn, we learn what we don't want, what we don't like, what, what doesn't feel right, what doesn't feel like a good fit. And so much, I feel like that's where we, the learning and the growing is, is where we figure out, oh, well, I don't really feel like that's a fit for me. Then move on and find something else because they're, your people are out there. They are out there. Yeah, and one, one, of the, one of the things I teach, uh, not only to refugees and immigrants, but other people who feel isolated. So it's how do you 
introduce, engage in conversation with a stranger, uh, with mm. just using the phone, talk about your family, the occupation, the recreation, small things that can open up, like the door opener for engaging in conversations. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's hard. You know, I'm an introvert, so that is, it, it's actually very hard. And was like, wow, what? You're not shy in any way or this or that. But even Angelique and I have noticed that when I know someone, I'm much more interactive than when I'm just meeting someone. I'm a, a little bit more reserved and I, you know, I'm, I'm more the wallflower for sure. Um, but when I already know someone and I've already interacted and things like that, it's much easier for me. Um, so those kinds of things are wonderful to learn and to get help with because well, not, and, and Laura, you're not alone, right? Yeah. Oh you yeah. Know, there no. are plenty of us that are like that. I, I, I don't have a problem walking up to somebody and introducing myself or striking a cup for up a conversation with someone. Mm -hmm. Um, but while I am outgoing, I am also introverted. I don't go mm. out mm. and do yeah. those things very mm. often. And if I do, like last week was a super uh, busy week with lots of things going on outside of my my space, right? Like mm. my alone time. Mm. And by the end of the week, I was just peopled out. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I don't want to mm. go anywhere, do anything. And yet I had these social obligations that I had to go to, whether I really felt like it or not. And at, at, on the one hand, it was energizing and I enjoyed the time I had. But on the other hand, it was also exhausting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. so my family used to make fun of me because I we used to um, we have a big family. When I got married, my husband has a huge family where I didn't growing up. So Thanksgiving was my holiday that I entertained and cooked and did all that. And I think the last Thanksgiving we were in Colorado, there was like 40 some people in my house. Well, I did all this cooking, laid out everything. Everyone started making their plates and got everything going. And I went to the garage. Like no. I went where everybody wasn't, right? Mm. I'm like gone. And you know, and everyone was like, where did Laura go? And I'm like, I'm good. Laura needed a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in there. Yeah. So, and everyone giggles, but that's what they learned about me along the way was um, when we'd have big groups and big parties and all of that, I did a little bit of time and then I had to retreat. I just absolutely just, it was what I needed. Uh, everybody knew each other. They're all entertained. They're set. They're great. The hostess has now disappeared. And that's what would happen. And Mark would be involved with the family and all that. And I would be out and be like, yeah. you know, so I would definitely find my moments to hide um, mm. during those times. So, yeah, it was always very funny. And I. Drisella, do you yeah. find. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Do you find that with the speaking that you do, that then you have this sense of recovery time that you need after that? Yeah. So I, I feel like I have a recovery. Um, and as Laura was saying, um, there are processes. It takes time sometimes to heal, to trust, 
because when I started before, don't think that I was open to, to discuss and to talk and to, because I was thinking, oh, how do I trust these people? Uh, would they not betray me? And then and I had to find a way to share the story in a way to connect, but also uh, for social uh, uh, connection and emotional connection. So, but uh, I try to balance my, my, my time. But as an entrepreneur, when you are a solopreneur, you can get burned out easily if you mm-hmm. don't watch yourself. So this is something, and this is what I think Laura knows that at one time I wanted to hire a VA uh, and it's still in view. Uh, I just wanted to uh, revisit the website and do, and do the audit about what my business is so I can uh, start uh, research right. But I, I'm very careful and I, I try to find time also for my friends and then the weekends, I don't do much besides working with my family. But I enjoy uh, networking, building relationship, because many people, what I have seen, they have wounds. They have wounds that are not healed. And there were stories sometimes, last time I spoke and somebody said, oh, Drusilla, you touched my soul. And when I heard that message, uh, I felt good, but also I started to network with her, and now we became friends. And I'm her supporter, and she was talking about the languages, how she has few words. I said, English is my fifth language, so we can support each other. She said, I want to write a book. I said, just write, and I will find somebody to proofread because of that support I can give to other women as well. So, And when I, I left my executive position, I had a call, like, I felt like there was a call telling me to work with African-American women and then the police officers. And they say, I would just be obedient to see how all that would work together. But many people um, need our kindness. They need our love. They will need our support. They they need to be heard and listened to. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I love that you listen to that calling that you have. Um, and because we all have a calling on our life and the thing that we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, so often when anger and discontent or just negativity in general bubbles up, it always leads me to question, okay, is it because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Why am I angry? Why am I upset? Why am I frustrated? It's because you aren't answering the call to do what you're supposed to be doing. You're trying to do everything else or do something instead because it feels scary or um, you feel like, uh, well, we're afraid to be seen a lot of times because then, you know, what will people say? How will people react? What if people don't like me? The fear of rejection, the fear of being made fun of, the fear of being seen. Um, But that's what we're called to do a lot of the time is to be seen and share our story because by voicing our story and putting it out there, other people can then hear the story and go, me too. Mm. And it gives us that connection, Drisella, that you're talking about. But Mm. if we don't tell and share our story, then how will they connect to you? Mm. So I love that you are telling your story and, and um, that you're being so honest and vulnerable and, and um, transparent because that's really important. I think that's really important. One of the things we're really lacking in um, 
not just in the female entrepreneur space, but yes, <laughs> but you know, also in general, just mm -hmm. in life with each other, mm -hmm. you know, I was just talking to uh, a fellow female entrepreneur and this morning and um, you know, just this, this fear of, you know, having our ideas stolen, having our voice stolen, our mm. story stolen mm. and that scarcity mindset and what fuels that, that fear, like we should never, we should really, really not come from a place of fear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How and much, how, how we're just so much less effective that way. Yeah. Imagine the bank of stories everybody yes. has. It's like huge. It's you know? huge. Mm -hmm. yeah, how people can stand that? Yeah. yeah. I've heard women say, um, well, more people, and I've said it myself, or, yeah, I have a story, but people have suffered more than I have, or they've gone through more, or theirs are much more um, of what somebody might want to hear, and that kind of thing. But then when I talk about stuff, people are like, wow, you know, you should tell your story. And I'm like, no, because people have gone through much more than I have, you know, mm -hmm. and they're the ones that need to be heard, right? But we don't think about it because all of us have a journey. It, mm -hmm. Nothing came easy to everybody 100% the whole time you've been alive. Nobody has that story. Like, yeah, right. you know, so unless, you know, unless the one person in the world who has never struggled or had a challenge in front of them, um, we all have a story. We all have a journey and a different way of how we made that journey. So, yeah. yeah and this is why in the coaching business, what coaches, uh, they help you to see the best of yourself by asking yeah. powerful questions. And that everybody has a powerful stories, not just one story. Mm -hmm. Everybody has powerful stories and they are medicine for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what we were talking about being vulnerable. So it's something people have to learn about because one of my other things is to participate in the healing of my community because of those wounds that are here and there. Yeah. And they are community wounds, mm -hmm. they are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Drisella, for being here and being with us and sharing your story. Um, I know I'm taking your line, Laura, but um, I mentioned this at the top, but um, Drisella has a uh, free ebook she's offering. Just email her at Drisella at Drisella.com. Is that correct? Am I saying yes. it right? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we'll have it in the show notes as well. And she'll send you her free uh, story, her free ebook. Um, and so Laura, since I took your little uh, line there, do you want to introduce next week's guest? Um, sure. So next week we have Michelle Baker, um, and she has been described as a breath of fresh air She is, and the power of her story combined with her passion and enthusiasm is enough to make anyone want to tap into their potential. She masterfully guides audiences to embrace challenges as new chapters that enhance their capabilities, encourages moving away from trying to sell and towards value-add conversations that conf confidently communicate win-win for all involved. 
And yeah, Michelle is, um, you know, I was super excited She's to have far. you on and she is just wonderful. Again, we've said over and over that every time the next guest comes in, it just seems like an extension of yes. where we've been going and where we've been moving. And I love that, that everyone's story encourages and builds on the others, on the previous stories. And, yeah. and so many times, you know, we can refer back to, oh, I remember when this guest also mentioned that or talked about that a little bit. Can you go more into it? And it's just been a really neat um, way the universe is conspiring for us. Yeah. So, Drisella, again, thank you for joining us and sharing your miracle mindset with us. We appreciate having you. Thank, thank you, you so much. So much. Yeah, thank you. And so also we want to let people know that um, we are we got a new app, you guys. Well, we don't have an app, but we got on a new platform. It's called Wisdom. Check it out. It's uh, wisdomapp.com, and we are there to answer questions. So uh, find us on there, check us out. If you go to our link tree, um, it, it, it's there. We're also on SoundCloud. So if you're on a SoundCloud user, you can um, listen to the podcast there. Um, but yeah, if you have a question for us, uh, we've never done a live Q&A. We probably should. Oh, yeah, we did that one. We did one. Um, mm -hmm. But this is a way to get, we answer a couple questions, at least a couple questions a week. Um, so go on there and ask us whatever questions you have. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.